Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we have not one, but two special guests with us. Joining us again from the Geekly Grind is Jeremy. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello, everybody. And then first time on the show is actually Brad Golickson from Comic Book Couples Counseling. How's it going, Brad? Hello! I'm doing well! Happy to be here. We are all recollected once again because we need to cover the true monumental event that was WonderCon 2023. We already have a text thread for WonderCon 2024. We're already looking forward to it. (laughs) Uh, But first, we need to talk about 2023. Yeah, there were a lot of incredible things that happened to all of us during this convention so it definitely needed its own episode just so we could chat about it relive those memories and then also look forward of course to next year yeah and we hope to do this because not everybody gets to go to every single con so if you're somebody that doesn't get to make it out to anaheim WonderCon takes place in anaheim at the anaheim convention center and if you've never been uh then this is a chance to kind of listen about our experiences and we each had kind of different experiences um, and uh, get a sense of, you know, how it is and if something that you want to experience. I don't know about you guys, but immediately after WonderCon was C2E2 and I was so agitated watching people's C2E2 posts. <laughs> I was already jealous, just like one week away from WonderCon. The FOMO was real. And then this weekend is Star Wars Celebration and that feeling is all there again like i just cannot handle not being at a con uh but uh you know being able to reflect back on WonderCon will get me through the fomo that i'm currently suffering from i saw a lot of the star wars ones <laughs> yeah and, and the day after WonderCon, you messaged in the group chat that you were at a comic shop again yeah that's yeah. true yeah 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 <laughs> i went to like i landed in baltimore and then i went to victory comics in falls church virginia and then i think i also went to tashi station in burke virginia yeah it, <laughs> brad came back to the WonderCon hotel room after a day of of bin diving and dollar comic scouring and uh we were we were applying our advanced geometry and trying to make sure everything would fit in the suitcase. And I think some clothing was sacrificed, Um, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) it it was, and and then this guy gets on a plane and, and right off the bat is, is doing some more, uh, some more dollar bin diving. So that's some commitment right there. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you something real quick about my luggage coming back from Anaheim, uh, flying back to Baltimore. So yes, I sacrificed my shoes, one pair of shoes. I left them at the hotel. I saw these shoes. Yeah. They were were rough. They were rough shoes. I sacrificed some underwear. I sacrificed some socks. Um, I think I sacrificed one shirt. Uh, and then I like I stuffed that backpack with single issues. And on the flight back, which was through Spirit Air, this is not an ad for Spirit Air because I hate Spirit Air. Um, <laughs> I purchased the upgrade for the exit row, and I couldn't put the the backpack underneath my chair. I, it had to go up on the bin. And so the poor stewardess went to to take my backpack away from me. I was like, it's really heavy. And she's like, I got it. And then she lifted it. And she was like, oh, and I was like, <laughs> it's all comics. And she went, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, Amazing. I bought some comics. I bought some comics. Uh, she's like, I'm 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 used to hoisting luggage. Don't worry. Oh, what's in this bag? <laughs> 
uh, comic books. I bought way too many. Then they're doing the math in their head. They're like, I know a single comic book isn't that heavy. So the amount of comic books that must be in this bag, therefore, must be too many. <laughs> yeah. Spirit Air, leave your comics at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they won't fly with you. No. Let's let's dive into day one. Now, Chris was not there for day one. He was there for day two. So he's going to react to our stories of what was going on. But gentlemen, Jeremy and Brad, what did we do the first thing we got to WonderCon? I mean, we we were booking it to uh, Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson's booth. And I know uh, we're all big fans. And if you caught the very impromptu, unofficial literally day of recording uh that i that we put up um we we shared a little bit about that uh kind of getting to his booth right away so that we could land a commission now there were limited tickets each day for dwj's uh four by six commissions and there's always limited tickets right always you always Always. try to go for them and you never get them no yeah they're they're gone immediately yeah uh, and so we, we were just, we were power walking. We were doing like the, I mean, it wasn't quite the home alone airport scene, but it was still like, we were moving pretty quick. I kept looking back over my shoulder to Brad, who was like, you know, you were keeping up pretty good. Like we didn't want to totally leave you in the dust, but we were, we were all like, you know, I was in the tail. I was in the tail. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You were holding up the caboose. So an important job, an important job. Um, and so we get to the booth and the, the vendor is there from Felix, uh, Felix art. Uh, Felix Comics Art, and he's holding in his hand, uh, his hand, uh, uh, some red raffle tickets. And so we come up and we're like, oh, you still have some tickets left. And they're like, yeah, we're doing 10 a day. And then he hands, who got the first one? I did. Who got, you did. And he hands it to Lance and he goes, four. And then he hands one to me and he goes, five. And then he hands one to Brad and he goes, six. Now, Brad, Tell us about, like, you weren't planning on this necessarily when we went to the booth, right? No. Like, you were I, there for spiritual support more. I more was. Like. That's why I was taking up the tale, because I had no faith that we would get there and have that opportunity, nor did I want to really spend the cash on it. Although the cash wasn't, like, exorbitant. It was $150, uh, but it was in cash, and I didn't have cash on me. So I wasn't necessarily thinking it was going to happen. But then once you get the sixth ticket put in your hand – and you've never had a ticket in your life for one of these commissions, you gotta, you gotta yeah. get it. And- <laughs> it literally went into Brad's hand and he was like, he just looked at it and he like shrugged. He's like, well, now I gotta do it. You know, yeah, like exactly. it really, he's like, no, I, I can't say no now. Like there's no way. And then, and then you called Lisa, right. To, to see what, uh, what to be done uh, on the right. commission. Because it's a responsibility, right. To get one of those tickets. Now you're going to get a Daniel Warren Johnson commission. It's got to be a good commission. You don't want to just be the, 900th you know venom or whatever he's illustrated you want it to be good and in my case whenever i get a commission and actually when i say whenever i get a commission i've actually never gotten a commission uh but the idea <laughs> of getting i never do the idea of getting a commission to me is to get something that is from the creator like i i I want something that is related to that artist and so for me that meant like okay do i get something that's extremity do i get a murder falcon thing do i get to do a powerbomb related thing and in talking to lisa uh, she loves his beta ray bill run 
And we came to the decision to commission a depowered Corbinite uh, beta ray bill. And uh, I was super pleased with that decision. Lisa's a smart cookie. Yeah. And, and in true Daniel Warren Johnson fashion, it wasn't just a depowered beta ray bill uh, as the Corbinite. You got this awesome silhouette of the powered up version of beta overlooking this depowered Corbinite form. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of like a classic Incredible Hulk, Bruce Banner kind of setup. And uh, when I mentioned that to Dan, he was like, oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, sure. (laughs) But yeah, it's super rad. Yeah. And and Jeremy, what did you get? Um, So I... Uh, I'm a huge fan of of Mega Man uh, and Mega Man X properties. Mega Man X is probably one of the uh, one of my top games of all time, um, and so I have a X commission that I got from Nick Dragota, uh at New York Comic Con. Actually, there was somebody kind enough on a Facebook group to like be my proxy there <laughs> and secure a commission for me from him, um, which was amazing, and I got. Uh, X from him. And so I thought, well, if I have the opportunity to have Daniel Warren Johnson do a commission for me, I have to get zero uh, to go with the X uh, because uh, Dragota and Daniel Warren Johnson previously had done a phenomenal uh, Evangelion uh, commission co-op that looked amazing. Uh, And there was something, something happened in Daniel Warren Johnson's eyes and demeanor the moment i laid down because i brought dergota's sketch with me as a reference right because i wanted him to be able to kind of capture some of the same energy so that when i put them side by side they they look like they would come out of the same art book and i actually got comments about that later on to people i showed them both to and so i put down the x sketch and i was like yeah i want uh if you could do zero for me nick dergota did this one for me at new york comic-con and like Brad, Brad was there and like, I know you were really t- chatting this up, like the way that he, you know, he kind of started out the normal way, but like it really sort of picked up, like he was going downhill in rollerblades. Like it was, there was a frenetic energy to it. Um, and, uh, you know, when he got to the end, I, I was, I was waiting to see how he brought the saber to life. Um and at the end, he grabbed the whiteout pen and he was just doing these like really drastic long drags with the whiteout pen to fill in the saber. And then he did this flourish of his signature at the end. And he was so pumped at the end. I mean, yeah, I mean, crazy. when he signed it, his DWJ in whiteout like is huge on the commission one, but he like the strokes he was making on his signature just were so exaggerated you know, it it felt like he had hit a home run and he knew it. And yeah. he came off of that and he was telling the guy at the Felix booth, like, okay, stop taking the photos of the commissions. Let's get to the next commission. I'm, I'm like on fire. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a fantastic experience. And, and watching, I, I have a good long video of him doing it and catching that moment at the end. Um, it's just, uh, it's a phenomenal piece. And I'm so glad that it's in my personal collection it's just a, a real treasure for me it looks awesome and uh i got optimus prime now i i love transformers i grew up on it through various iterations and watching daniel warren johnson's youtube channel which everyone needs to go watch because it is 
it's so relaxing, but also getting to see awesome art at the same time. And he had been doing some transformer work and I love his mechs. Like the way he like draws machinery is stunning in all of his work. So it just makes sense that he would also crush anything related to transformers. So I had, I said Optimus prime and he started going to work. And at the same time online, it says that it's just going to be a head and bust of these characters. He did full bodies of yeah. all of our characters. There was a lot of detail. In yeah. This. Like it, it wasn't just a, a side profile head and chest deal. It was like the whole kit and caboodle. And I think, I think he was getting in trouble <laughs> from Felix. Cause like they were posting them and they were like, man, these things look, these are wild. Like they're more than just a head and bust. Like he's going ham on these things, yeah. which definitely drew more people in, I think on the following days for the commissions too. And so he he was doing the full body of Optimus, putting in a bunch of detail. And then he gets to the head and he literally he's been wearing his sunglasses the entire time he's been doing the other commissions. He removed his sunglasses to get closer and he did this super intricate detail of Optimus's head. And it, it, it looks beautiful. And when he got to the ink, he was taking breaks and making sure he didn't have the ink on his palms and then going back to the page. And it came out beautiful. He even did like the the axe, the battle axe of Optimus in negative space on the side. It's beautiful. But something I didn't notice until after the fact was that he had practiced the Optimus head on the other side of the card. Because I was like, why is Optimus's head the only thing that's showing through on the card on the other side? No, he had just drawn a different Optimus head to figure out the angle of what he wanted to do. And so now I have this awesome Optimus commission on one side and then a practice head sketch of optimus on the other and i cannot be more thrilled that thing is going in my optimus prime shelf i have at home my calyx shelf and it will be it's one of my most prized possessions now yeah no that was uh it was a great way to kick off friday for sure um and you know we we would make more trips back to dwj's booth over the weekend um you know uh he's a, a extremely gracious uh guest at any con that he's at um, he offers free signatures on his books. He offers free sketches if you bring like a hardcover or something um, that he'll do. Uh, he'll do one a day uh, for those. Uh, and so it was really cool just kind of going back. I got a, I got a few. I got him uh, to do a sketch in the Duo Powerbomb. And I think Lance did as well. Like so, yeah. so Lance, Brad and I all kind of took turns bringing different books each day um, to d- get the sketch done. So, I mean, this was something that I thought was super impactful um, going to DWJ's booth. We were in line to get, um, to get signatures and a, an aspiring artist, a comic artist had come up to uh, chat with DWJ, get a signature and and just kind of chat with him. And I I don't know where the young man was from, um, but he obviously had come a long way. Basically, he asked DWJ if he wanted to take a look at a comic that he was working on, uh, and he had his iPad Pro with him. And so DWJ is sort of like, first of all, he says yes. And again, like, I don't have a ton of experience with like working with like artists at booths and tables like this. And I would imagine there might be some room for like a quick pointer here or there, like, oh, you know, like. You know, start a, you know, oh, you want to get into the comics business, start a webcomic, you know, oh, you want to do this, like do this other thing, right? Like, like quick pointers, like broad strokes. He looked at this young man's comic uh, on the iPad and then took 
two screenshots of two different pages that he saw um, to capture the image of it, went into the photos app, opened those pages and took about 10 full minutes with this, with this artist and basically gave him in a mini masterclass of how to use space, distance, negative space, narrative storytelling. There was an element where like, like the, the artist was talking about not wanting to show a body because it was like a, a crime scene was found and the way they were trying to frame the scene, that was a decision they made. And so he's like, okay, if you don't want to show the body, then you want to do this, like, you know, involving shadows and negative space. And it was honestly like such an inspiring thing to see because like when I think about, you know, going to conventions, if I'm an aspiring comic creator and I get to meet somebody that I really respect and look up to, to be able to see like literally the next generation getting tips from, you know, one of, I think the best in the business at the moment, right? Like that is super encouraging. And I'm sure like we love our sketches. That guy is probably still riding that high. right? Yeah. Now. Like, you know, so it was amazing. It was really, really cool to see that. Yeah. The way he was able to edit those pages instantly and he used like Batman's, uh, silhouette to frame the entire page. It was wild to observe him change everything up. It was beautiful. And it was just super nice. And then he ended it by saying, come back to me in a year and show me your progress. Like, it doesn't get better than that. So if we're going to clump all the DWJ stuff together, there's one thing massively that we need to talk about. And uh, I think that's uh, where Brad needs to take over. Oh, uh, I got to moderate his spotlight panel, which <laughs> was a dream come true and a total surprise. Something I did not know I was going to be doing until the evening before the con opened. Uh, Dan's come on the podcast uh, a couple times. Uh, we've talked Beta Ray Bill. We've talked Do a Powerbomb. We've gotten pretty friendly. Uh, and so when his moderator uh, was pulled away for some unknown reason, but for some godly reason, I'll say, uh, because it answered my prayer that I didn't even know that I was issuing. Uh, he emailed me and said, Hey, uh, would you like to do this? And when Dan asks you to do something, you say yes. Uh, and yeah, so that was wild. Um, the, the panel, he wanted to focus on his early work, his, his, the moment in his career where he felt like he came into his own. And so that was kind of an interesting focus. And I told him I, I was just there to be his hype man. And that's basically what I tried to do. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was honestly a, a, a great job as a moderator. And I'm not saying that cause you slipped me uh, $5 via Venmo earlier. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was a really great, it was a really great panel. Um, it was very much sort of a, an overarching look at, you know, DWA's like professional journey, um, including his ability to be able to step away from like the traditional nine to five job to focus on his art and just sort of like the, the all in, like pushing all the chips into the middle of the table. Sort the of the terror of doing such an act like that, but also the comfort of having support from his wife uh, to yeah. achieve such a goal uh, yeah. is inspiring as well. 
yeah it was it was really great and honestly the way that you structured it was perfect like going through the story's beginning from his beginning to now um there was a really good q a section as well i i'm always kind of reserved when it comes to q a's because sure we've seen <laughs> we've seen what nerds ask people <laughs> in q a's and it gets really bad like it gets really cringy sometimes but i was honestly very impressed with the caliber of the questions that were being asked at the panel i find comic book q a's tend to be better than all around pop culture q a's or you know like the marvel studios q a's when they used to do those uh, comic book Q&As, especially for somebody like Daniel Warren Johnson, he's built such a fan base around him. Like his audience is really there to express their love and, you know, get a peek into his process. And like he did for that young artist at his table, he is so generous with everyone in that room. And he gave so much of himself in that spotlight. It was a very enlightening panel just because he got into the whole storyline of uh green leader his mini comic being the thing that let him realize that he can do both sides of this he can tell the story he can do the art and after that moment his sky his career just kind of started taking off as far as the the level of quality comics that he had been producing yeah. because it, it's been nonstop hits since then that was one of two moments in that spotlight panel that really stood out to me. I, you know, he whenever he talks about his early work, talking about Space Mullet or the Ghost Fleet or Alabaster or whatever, he's so down on those baby steps he took to, you know, Extremity and Murder Falcon. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, I wanted to get to the moment where he's no longer down on himself, you know, like, what is the book he looks back on and he goes, that's, that's it. That's perfect. And that's how he got to that green leader story. And that was really the first time where he realized that he could do both the art and the scripting. And he didn't need necessarily a collaborator to keep going forward in this industry. And if you love Daniel Warren Johnson today, like we obviously do, you have to seek out green leader and look at that comic, that very short, tiny fan comic, and recognize that everything that you love in Beta Ray Bill or Wonder Woman Dead Earth or Murder Falcon, it's all there in Green Leader. And looking at that book now with this new context, I think was like a tremendous, like, ooh, little gift from that panel. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I also enjoyed the insight that I took away from that as well was how he enjoys the short story format because you can drop in and and take off, right? Like he, and, and it's very impactful when he's able to do that. And that speaks to the other moment from that panel that really stood out was, you know, in his love of short stories, he took a moment at the end to run through verbally the entire plot of his upcoming Darth Vader short that's going to appear in that red white and black marvel comic and just seeing him like a little kid uh, telling us around the campfire about this gnarly vader story that he has concocted man that like revved up the crowd and i'm dying to get that issue in my hands what he had initially wanted to do and what lucasfilm said he couldn't do 
uh, was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty cool to to hear that too. It's like, oh, but I want to do this, and they're like, ah, you can't do that, but you can, you know, like what was allowed and what wasn't allowed, right? Like, like you said, Lance, I think that was really cool to to hear in the yeah. panel. But I mean, long story short, Friday was a blast. Book ended with DWJ stuff, and Brad, I mean, honestly, did a masterful job. Um, he also got a uh, life goal achieved. A placard. You got a WonderCon <laughs> placard. Yeah. They printed that up on the spot because they were not expecting me to be there. And they're like, well, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm Brad. He's like, well, what's your <laughs> name? And I'll print one of these out for you. I was like, you can do that. He's like, yeah, it's the yeah. future, man. And I was like, yeah. Brad. <laughs> and then and then you went and then the last name, you want to make sure you spell the last name right, right? Because you're gonna get one of these. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went over it with him a couple times and then he printed it out and I've got it in my office right now. And like honestly, after that day, I could have gone home. Right, I could have yeah. gotten on that Spirit right. Airline and flown back and it would have been like a great con experience. Probably could have just ran home after all yeah. the energy for yeah. <laughs> yeah. so jazz. So if it if it's not clear enough, we love Daniel Warren Johnson here, and uh, oh, and then Chris is now showing up. Oh, okay, whatever, Chris. Whatever. Okay, so Chris Daly just pulled down his Comic Con placard, got a flex on us already. What's tell us the story, Chris? What's this? Uh, it's from 2012. It's when I was a web comics artist, and uh, I was on a panel for web comics oh. artists. So. That's all I mean, it was. No, that's nothing, amazing. It was for cutie, cutie. What was it? Cutie or sweet and pie? Uh, punch and pie. Punch and pie and strip tease and uh, with yeah. Keen Spot. Yeah. 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 Long Jeez. time ago in a previous life. I'm going for one. <laughs> we're all going for one. We're all going yeah. for one, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we're we're we'll all going to knock it out one time. We'll get them, baby. <laughs> uh, I love hearing your all stories. Uh, my Friday, if, if you don't mind me sharing, was entirely different. It was not comics involved. It was comics. Please involved. tell us. Uh, I drove up with my kids the whole weekend of Comic-Con or uh, sorry, WonderCon whole weekend of WonderCon was going to be like, hey, I'm going to take my kids up. My wife was going to be working an event on Saturday. So I was like, hey, I'm going to take the kids up. Uh, It'll be my daughter's first convention ever. And I had just taken my son to his first, which was Comic-Con this past year. So I was like, it'll be fun. We'll walk around for a couple hours. We'll stay in a hotel. They love hotels. You know, they're they're uh they're five and and eight so it's like a hotel a pool you know it's very big novelty uh so we drove up and uh we got there around like 6 p.m came into the uh the hotel uh oh and for those of you who follow tiktok uh we pulled up behind um uh, Straw Hat Goofy. He's he does a lot of movie reviews and like Disney stuff. Oh, and that's I pulled funny. Up behind him, and I was like, "Hey, Straw Hat!" And he turned around. And he's like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> so that was funny. And then my my son was like, "Did you just call him Straw Hat?" And I'm like, "He's he's a guy. He's a he's a you know." Never mind. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And uh, his he was grabbing his daughter out of the car. <laughs> I was like, "I I feel you." Um, so we got in, we parked, and I realized that I had left my son's clothes uh his bag at home like he didn't have his clothes bathing suit his his stuffy you know (laughs) like and i was just like oh no he started panicking i started panicking (laughs) and i was like it's okay it's okay we'll go to target we'll get you a bathing suit like we'll we'll get you clothes for tomorrow just one day it's fine you know so uh we went up to the hotel room we went out to dinner um 
had a nice dinner, uh, you know, at Red Robin and uh, bless Red Robin for having video games, little iPads at the table. Um, that was that was great. Uh, they had two bites of pizza and <laughs> and then we came back to the hotel room. And then I and then my daughter realized she had brought in her stuffy, her stuffed bunny to Red Robin and left it there. Oh. And so neither one of my kids had their stuffies first night uh doing a great job as a dad you know <laughs> just like yeah I call my wife you, and I'm had, like, you had one very complicated job chris <laughs> i'm like okay here's what happened and so so i was like uh you guys gonna be okay <laughs> like you can snuggle with me it's it's fine like i'll, I'll be your stuffy i'm 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 quite stuffed so <laughs> so they got through it and um and we went swimming early the next morning on Saturday in the, the hot tub, which they got a big kick out of and everything was fine. And Saturday went much better. Um, we eventually got the stuffed, the stuffed bunny back. So never fear. Thanks to the folks at Red Robin. This is not sponsored by Red Robin, even no, though no, it sounds like it's sponsored they, they by Red Robin. <laughs> Red Robin, if you want to sponsor us, please do. I love yeah, your yeah. fries. Yeah, I was going to say, I love your onion rings. <laughs> <laughs> they kept her at the hostess station and I called up and I was like, D- this is going to sound weird. It was like 11. It was like right before they closed on Friday. And I was like, do you guys have a stuffed pink bunny? And the hostess was like, she's staring right at me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, OK, can you hold it till tomorrow? <laughs> Just like, That's yeah, amazing. No so oh, yeah. So that was fine. So I'll talk about my Saturday with the kids later. But it was it was a good time on nice. Friday. <laughs> so Friday. Let's let's just quickly hit bullet points of the rest of Friday and we'll jump over to Saturday. So I know that all all three of us on Friday, we went over to uh, Tom King, Mitch Dredd's and uh, Booth to get stuff signed. Brad, you also got something signed by who who was the other uh, creator that was a Doc Shaner. I wanted Strange Adventures signed by all three of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to pick up uh, Supergirl, one, uh, Woman of Tomorrow, and get it signed by Tom King. And I had brought my deluxe edition of Mr. Miracle to be signed by Gerads and and King at the same time. And Gerads surprised us by doing a sketch of Mr. Miracle in our hardcovers, which was I amazing. It. The Mermark inside is so cool. I I read the I reread Mr. Miracle in line for WonderCon to the exhibit hall on day one. So before we went and did our power walk to the DWJ booth, I was I reread through Mr. Miracle and God, that's a good book. I so, love yeah. it so much. And while we were in line to get those things signed, the person that was in front of me and Jeremy had nine hundred books to be signed oh. by <laughs> King Andrew Eds. And uh, and oh. didn't didn't unsleeve any of them and oh. just let the person at the booth do it. Okay. And it was it was brutal it was that's brutal. there's got to be like a etiquette i mean like let's talk about signing etiquette like i mean some people <laughs> some people have a thing that says limit to three or what you know like that's fine and as a creator you should do that you should be like hey let's keep it moving along but if they don't have that don't be that guy yeah no i mean and here's the thing like it was <laughs> lance and i both had three things each to i sign. had two i had two yeah yeah. So so it's sort of like, you know, how in, in there's an unspoken rule right in the grocery store. If you've got a full cart of food and somebody walks up behind you with a carton of ice cream and a loaf of bread. Right. Yeah. Guess who gets to go first? Right. The person with the two items, you send them ahead of you because right. it's going to take 15 seconds. Yeah. They get to check out. Right. And this was near the end. They had a they had a panel to get to. They had a panel to get to. And so Lance and I were literally looking at each other like. We're going to miss getting our stuff signed. 
because Ugh. it's going to take them all this time to get this stuff signed and they're going to have to take off for the panel. Um, but thankfully it did get worked out, but yeah, if you, they were folks, late to that panel though. And were. I was at that panel. <laughs> yeah, they were late. So good job. So folks, if you're going to bring stuff to see to your creators, the single issues, make sure they're unbagged. If you've got a ton of them, maybe, you know, seed your spot in line to somebody who has one item. If you're bringing in a, a whole short box of stuff to get signed and there's no limits, like, you know, practice some common courtesy, show some, show some love and respect for your fellow comic collectors and fans out there at shows. So to, par- to paraphrase Bon Jovi, 900 comics and you're in line, you give nerds a bad name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's that the dad was... joke. And, and then also that same day, Brad got the greatest photo of Tom King ever. Oh, man. Uh, I think I cursed Tom King with that photograph. I wasn't even going to bring it up, Lance. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know, you want a booth photo and you got all three of the creators of Strange Adventures there. You want to have a fun photo. And, you know, Mitch was like torturing Tom with bunny ears. He was doing some bunny ears for Doc. And, you know, I snapped several. But when I posted the photo on Twitter, I didn't pinch and zoom and I didn't really examine. I mean, I did pinch and zoom. I looked at myself. I was like, am I flattering? Is this a good angle on Brad? But I wasn't paying attention to the angles on the creators. And the expression on Tom's face that I permanently froze and put out into the void of the (laughs) Internet is... I don't even know, like, how do you describe the emotion that it appears that he is expressing? Haunting. He looks like a man. He looks like a man that's been writing a lot of comic books in the last year. Like, you can see every word he's written in the last two years yeah. on his face. Like his eyelids are partially down. He looks a little stone, super exhausted. Doesn't want to be there. It's very derpy looking, right? And yeah, I put that on the internet and people have been screen capping it, zooming in, reusing Pinching that zooming photo. Yeah, days. it's, I felt bad. I felt bad. You've created a new meme, Brad. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't take off. Let's hope it's not a meme. Let's just hope it dies with like three or four people uh, repurposing it. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, the the only other thing from Friday that I wanted to mention was that my my goal for going one of my goals for going to this convention was I wanted to find the smaller creators the people that are trying to self publish and and get their work out and I came across a booth uh, that immediately caught my attention and the the creator of the booth is called Obi and his comic is called uh, Shaolin Moors and it's a comic that is a combination of uh, African and Asian cultures and heritage and combines them together so it's like mystical powers martial arts um it's really interesting and it was on kickstarter it had four days left when the con started it hit its goal like two days after the con finished and it's getting made and if you're interested in learning more we are actually having obi on the show the week after this episode drops so you can look forward to listening about that let's see you guys got anything else from friday Oh, I mean, I went over to Stan Sakai. My number one goal of WonderCon was to pick up the retro edition variant of the new Usagi Ojimbo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover where when. And the regular edition of that issue drops this upcoming Wednesday. Actually, so the day that this episode comes out, 
you can pick up that comic. Uh, but the retro edition is black and white. And for my money, Usagi Ojimbo belongs in black and white. And I hope when Dark Horse Comics uh, starts publishing the series again, they return it to being a black and white comic. Uh, cross my fingers. Um, and yeah, so I was able to acquire that book, get a remark on it from Stan, talk to Stan for a little bit. And, you know, he's, you know, another super nice guy in comics. So nice. Always recommend going over to his booth. His booth is loaded with stuff. I mean, all kinds of comics, variants, clothing, vinyl stickers, skateboards, prints like <laughs> merchandising yeah merchandising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know he learned from eastman and laird he knows how to merchandise usagi um but i picked up that comic i read that comic that evening that comic is great so if you're at all excited about ninja turtles or usagi the new issue where when number one it's out now go grab it uh, I'll jump on right here because I also have a Stan Sakai story from WonderCon. I had gone back to the hotel to drop off some books. And as I'm coming back down the elevator, it stops on the floor and I'm the only one in the elevator. The doors open and Stan Sakai walks into the elevator with me. Noise. We proceed to go down the rest of the way alone together. And of course, I say... Oh, Mr. Sakai, like, I, I love your work. It's amazing. Like, how's your con going so far? And we just start chatting. And then we walk together towards the convention hall. And he was actually going to meet his wife in the hotel across the way. So we're walking towards the hotel in the convention hall. We're just kind of going back and forth. And um, I ask him, oh, when's the next time you're signing at your booth? And he lets me know what time. And he asked me what I'm doing there, what outlet I'm with, all those types of things. He's the nicest guy like ever. And he's trying to figure out where the Hyatt is. And so I, I was like, oh, it's just up this pathway. Just cross here and then you're good. And then he's the one that he's like, so, oh, what's your name? And he asks for my name and I say it. And then he sticks out his hand to shake my hand. He's like, it's really nice to meet you. And I was like, this is a very surreal moment. Um and so he he goes off and then I go to his booth at three o'clock when he said he was going to be there. And I, of course, I want that TMNT Usagi Ujimbo crossover, the the black and white. I needed it. And of course, I'm, I'm never going to probably get this opportunity again. Right. So, of course, I'm going to pay for a head sketch. You could either pay 40 bucks for just the head of Usagi or you could pay 60 and get like a head torso. And I go up to him. I was like, oh, Mr. Uh, and he recognized me. And I was like, oh, hi, Mr. Sakai. Uh, I just paid for the ahead sketch. And he looks at me, smiles, and just says, mm-hmm. And then he proceeded to draw the rest of the torso and samurai sword of Usagi. And it came out beautifully, did in red ink, and I love it. And uh, just, like, the nicest guy. I, I had an absolute uh, dream scenario situation meeting him for the first time. Very cool. I also um, happened upon a Stan Sakai uh, remark on a, a last Ronin book that I picked up at the booth. Cool. So what was what was the next thing you guys did on Saturday? Saturday was shopping. Like for me, Saturday was a shopping day. Um, mo most of the day. Um, so I well, I guess we could we could go with this. Like, what were you what were y'all there to buy? You know, what were you looking for? Maybe from like an issues perspective, when you're going to a convention and you're, you're looking at comics, whether maybe it's single issues, maybe it's collected editions. Like, 
what are y'all what's on your radar when you're going to conventions and what did you find at WonderCon? Yeah, I spent a good long time going through dollar bins and three dollar bins, uh, just back issue hunting. And I had like a list of stuff that I wanted to get. I was looking to complete my amalgam collection. But weirdly, you know, I got there a day early and I drove to Golden Apple Comics in L.A., and they had all of the amalgam books I was missing there. So I completed <laughs> that collection before the con even started. Uh, and so that gave me like, okay, well, those goals were completed. What's next on my goal? Well, I'm looking for that issue of Gen 13, Gen 13, issue 13, letter B, in which grunge magically uh, drifts into Boneville, the Jeff Smith universe. And it's a Gen 13 phone bone team up. Uh, and I've always been curious about that comic. So I spent most of that day hunting for that comic and I eventually found that fricker and I was so, so happy to get it. Uh, I feel like every single time you told me something you were looking for, you found it at yeah. WonderCon. Yeah, yeah, because I would find it and then I'd be like, okay, well, what's the next thing I'm looking for? And then I would make that my mission. And then things I didn't possibly think I was going to find, I did find. I've always wanted to read the manga series Crying Freeman, but the out-of-print Viz paperbacks are always too darn expensive. But I found the second volume in a $10 bin, so I nabbed that up. There was just a lot of gold in them hills. There was. There was a lot. <laughs> I found one of my Invincible issues that I needed. So now, at that point, I only needed three. And I since then, I have found another. So now I'm only two away from completing that entire run. I um, am on the path to collect strange tales. Um, so I have completed my strange tales, Dr. Strange run, with the exception of... Um, 110, of course, which is his first appearance. I'm going to need to rob a bank or, you know, do something maybe a bit more honest to, to get the funds together for that. Um, but beyond that, I've, I've decided I'm going to go for the whole volume one of Strange Tales. And so I was uh, looking for some silver treasures uh, and found um, a few. Uh, I found uh, I, I found Strange Tales 100. Uh, I found Strange Tales, I think it was uh, 72. I found a couple um, and uh, it was it was good. I had some old Superboys uh, uh, to trade in um, and some adventure comics that I traded in towards them. Um, but yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was looking for. And I love and that you guys are like hunting for key issues. You're like, I've completed all my Doctor Strange comics. I'm going to I'm going to complete my Invincible run. And I'm like, I found Time Beavers by Timothy Truman. <laughs> I love that you guys were looking for comics at all. I got to shop with my kids uh, for all the parents out there when you take your kids there. And, and this is kind of what I my intention was. It was very much like, hey, I'm doing it for them. I got a little bit of comic shopping in, but mostly it was like we were looking at toys. We were looking at like and and it and granted, it's cool when you're looking for toys because you're we're going in these booths that have like really old Transformers and like old G.I. Joe's and He-Man. And I was like, look at that, dude. You know, and so we found a uh, Transformers Legacy RC, um, which which he 
uh, my son really wanted a motorcycle, you know, transform. It's like, yeah, look at that. Uh, my son found this one uh, kid that was selling super fast magnetic maglev Rubik's cubes. And he was like, oh, that's amazing. So we got this Rubik's cube. And then later on, I ran into all of y'all and Lance said, ooh, can I see that? And grabbed the Rubik's cube and started like doing this Rubik's cube thing. We were like, what, what, what hidden talent is this? And he had to figure it all out. Um, and that was, that was kind of fun. But yeah, I forgot one like pattern. So it just took me a little bit at the end, but I eventually got there. You got it. Yeah. So we just ended up getting like toys and little, you know, little doodads and, and some, uh, some fun souvenirs for the kids and, and things like that. And we also took a lot of pictures with cosplayers, um, which I wasn't prepared for, but I guess, you know, when you have a lot of princesses uh, walking around and, you know, we, we found some <laughs> princess peaches and, and some characters like from turning red and from Encanto and, and my daughter, you know, is very sweet. She's just like, it's, it's Mirabelle and <laughs> it's Isabella. And, <laughs> And like, oh, it's Princess Peach. And, and you're like, like no, it's not. <laughs> They're not real. No, well, she was recognizing stuff that I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, and like we we went up and was like, hey, can she take a picture with you? And and she and my daughter was she wanted to wear her her princess outfit. It's just kind of a not, not specifically a princess of anybody, but like just a cute, poofy princess dress. And. Uh, and it was pink and you know so she would go up and the the you know nice nice ladies that we came up that were dressed as princess peach or whoever was just like oh she's so sweet <laughs> and so that she got a lot of pictures with them and i took a picture with my son and like a bunch of spider-man when they were doing the big like giant marvel shot outside and i said hey spider-man and they turned around and he was like hey i'm a big spider-man fan so so that was fun so they they got to meet some of their, you know, heroes, so to speak. Um, that was, that was, that was a good time on Saturday. Nice. Uh, another highlight for me on Saturday was I got to catch up with Ryan Parrott again. So he is currently writing the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, crossover series two that they're doing. And I got to interview him at last San Diego Comic-Con. So this was just like a fun refresher. And you can actually listen to that interview if you subscribe to our Patreon, it's a Patreon exclusive interview. Uh, Patreon.com slash keepers. Go check it out. Uh, and we actually have two patrons here in the episode today. Both Brad and Jeremy were kind enough to help support us. So thank you both very much yeah, for uh, helping yeah. us out. Every it's, patron gets a guest on Comic Book Keepers. <laughs> no, yeah, no, wait. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's not true. <laughs> Why would you spread lies? <laughs> On the internet. A cool thing that happened uh, after the interview, because when I had walked up to, to catch up with Ryan, he had, he's, so he's the writer for the series, but he had drawn this little sketch card of a morphed Leonardo on just like a blank card. And so after the interview, I, I was walking back to the booth. I was like, Oh, uh, can I actually, can I buy that card from you? And he's like, no dude, just take it. And so now I have this really cool sketch of morphed Leo that is now sideways inside of my Morph Leonardo Funko Pop. So rad. Yeah, it looks great. I love it. Um, on Saturday, I I had the opportunity. This is a bit more in the afternoon, so I did some shopping, obviously, earlier in the day. 
looking for single issues, picking up some strange tales. Um, I also found uh, I, I, I had a pretty good omnibus find. Um, I found Simonson's Thor run uh, yeah. in an omni format at 25% off cover. A great deal because uh, it's kind of hard to find Simonson's Omni out there. And it's obviously an iconic run. We uh, we stand Beta Ray Bill in this house. Uh, and so, of course, um, the introduction and the, that run um, starts with Simonson. So uh, that was cool to find. That is the biggest Omni I've ever seen. It's huge. I could I could kill a man with it easily. <laughs> I think. Hold on. Only those that are worthy can lift the Simonson Omni. <laughs> well, I can just yeah. kill a man. I could kill a man with it. Um, I think I think it is bigger than my the Book of Doom because book. I think besides the Simonson Omni Book of Doom is probably the, the second biggest Omni I have. Um, but anyway, so did some shopping, found some cool stuff. We, we got our uh, minifigs, our little Lego figures. I got a custom Voltron Lego. Yeah, and I picked up a, a real cool Chrome Silver Surfer for Lisa. And Jeremy, you got a couple of those minifigs too, didn't you? Yes, yes. I got um, I got the Doctor Strange mini, and then I also got the same monochrome Silver Surfer one. Um, I think that Brad picked up for, for yep. Lisa. Um, so those were super cute. There was like a One Piece one that had a bunch of the One Piece characters and the ship and everything. I was tempted. Those Green Lantern core figures. Yeah, those ones were amazing. The whole Lantern Spectrum too. Oh, so good. Yeah, so there there was some there was some good stuff. Brad got a blind bag. Oh yeah, I bought a blind blind bag five bucks. I got like eight figures out of that yeah, blind you did. bag, including a Dick Grayson oh. '80s Nightwing. Oh yeah, and an Ollie, <laughs> and an Ollie, uh, and an Ollie. Oh my gosh! But is Ollie any good without Dinah? Like, what am I going to do with that Ollie? You know? Yeah, it's like half of a, it's like a one 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 winged. Yeah, no, thank you. Dove. <laughs> That's why that's why he was in that pack because they ran out of black canaries. Um so got the got the minifigs. Um and then you know did did the shopping earlier in the day. Obviously I went looking for the Doctor Str- or the Strange Tales issues, picked up some of those, um, got the Omni that we talked about earlier, etc. Um and then that afternoon uh, I had the chance to go to the Funko Pop Talk live. Uh, at WonderCon, and there was, uh, you know, there was some news that had come out uh, around Mondo and stuff that kind of soured the mood a little bit. So I wasn't sure, you know, it didn't what seem to like expect. it soured the mood in the room, though, Jeremy. <laughs> it didn't. It really didn't. Like going into it, I was like, oh, I wonder if people are going to be kind of like, uh-huh. but nobody in that room gave a flying poop about posters i can tell you that much um i felt like i was in a black mirror episode honestly and i told i told all of you this too but i mean the video that you took looked like a black mirror episode <laughs> it was ridiculous so okay so yeah the Fun- funko pop talk live if you've if you've never been it's basically you know usually they'll have like guests come on and sometimes they'll do interviews but you know most of the time it's just an opportunity for um uh the the ceos to share the new products so so you know they kind of went through fast and furious and as a as a blogger it was exhausting as hell like i was like trying to like grab pictures of the, of the shots and like putting in my hashtags and the tweets and it was just it was a lot okay so funko people if you can just like you know 
pause. Like, give us, give us a minute. <laughs> I don't. Think I would appreciate that. that. I don't think so either. But I mean, like, just kind of breathe. You know, like put it in your keynote or whatever. Just say pause for five seconds <laughs> to allow people to get the news out because it was just I was missing pictures of things. It was okay. Anyways, so I was doing all that, but while this presentation was going on, um, you know, they would be like, okay. I'm, they would announce something and they'd say, I'm looking for the 25 craziest Funko fanatics. And like the minute they started talking like this, the audience just started losing their minds. Like they just started freaking out and they had the this prize patrol. So they had these like groups of like hype men and women running around in the crowd, handing out special redemption tickets that they can turn in after the show is over um, to get you know, very limited edition Funkos like from previous shows or, you know, whatever, you know, he would be like, I'm looking for Funko fanatics and people just went crazy. And so I took a video of one of one of these instances. This happened five times during the course of a 45 minute panel, give or take. Um, And people just were like, they had their shirts off, like spinning it in circles. Like people were jumping up and down. Like it was crazy. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like, I like Funkos. I think they're cool. There are certain Funkos I collect. I got a number of Doctor Strange Funkos on my shelf. I think they're I think they're neat. But like I, I think I posted the video on Twitter and I was like, folks didn't do this for Beanie Babies, y'all. Like this was intense stuff. Um This was like the and, Beatles. Uh, this was like Elvis, you know? It, it was. It, it, it was wild to watch through your video. I can't imagine what it was like to be actually in that room. It was like Carousel was... during Logan's run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a deep cut. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was pretty crazy, and that's why I, I mean I mentioned it felt like it being in an episode of Black Mirror. I'm like, there are grown adults in here flapping their arms and squealing like maniacs over a three inch tall piece of plastic. Like, what is happening, right? Um, but you know, to each their own. Like, if they were handing out. <laughs> early strange tales issues i'd probably be doing jumping jacks and cartwheels like i don't know like it's just not you know just didn't do it for me but anyway so they announced all the stuff and then um and they did the prize patrols and such and as i was we all got a kick out of this after the fact so as i was tweeting this out i was live tweeting this panel and you know, it got picked up by like different outlets and people who follow Funko News because, you know, I'm using the hashtag Funko family, hashtag Funko, whatever, um, for the WonderCon announcements. And so like these huge Funko News outlets with like 200,000 followers plus pick it up, retweet it, tag me. And so I'm seeing these threads from people on all the pictures and stuff like, oh, cool, like this Funko's coming. Oh, I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. And then um, at the end of the panel, they announced because this is pretty t- typical for Funko Pop Talk Live as well. It's part of the reason why you go is they give you a f- they give everyone who attends a free exclusive Funko. Um, and, you know, Lance uh, and I both got one uh, at San Diego Comic Con, which was awesome. Um, we got the Hall H Freddy Funko. Um, and this one was a Peter Pan Freddie Funko. So like the Disney collab thing kind of got people like, Oh boy, it's, it's Peter Pan, you know? Like, okay. Um, so they announced that. And so I took a picture of it. Right. And I'm like, Hey, this is the, this is the Funko that everybody gets. And like the whole, the whole staff was on the stage 
And somebody, somebody on one of these Twitter threads was like, dang, who's that? Who's that chick in the pink shirt and the black pants with like a side eye grinning emoji? And I was like, are y'all? And this is kind of like the pinch and zoom thing, right? Like, are y'all really that? down bad on Twitter that you're finding a random Funko panel picture and be like, yes, this is my chance. I will appeal to this lady in the pink top and the black pants. Don't be a freak, um, dude. You know, just uh, don't, be, don't, don't be a pinch, pinch and zoom, zoom guy. Yeah, don't be pinch and Don't be a pinch and zoom guy. That's the takeaway. That's why we recorded this podcast for that important lesson. Yes. Don't be the pinch and zoom guy. But yeah, so that was the the Funko panel and, you know, existential dread and black mirror you know echoes aside um it was a fun time <laughs> um you know it was uh it was a good time yeah that was that was a saturday for me anything else from from saturday to cover uh i got my silver surfer superman crossover comic signed by ron Lim. super nice guy he was just sitting there doing art with his son at his booth super cool to meet him and then i had my first appearance of nightwing signed by marv wolfman uh, which I was very much looking forward to absolute legend in the industry. And uh, it, it, he was definitely somber about, cause people would come up and they'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry about passing of, of uh, George, George, just yeah, yeah, yeah. him and like, cause Marvel man, George Perez, like revitalized the teen Titans. They created so many characters together. And uh, so he was definitely uh, missing his buddy. That's for sure. Uh, but super kind and uh, just a, an absolute honor to to meet that legend. Yeah, I think um, Saturday as well. I forgot to mention I, I got my um, uh, Thor Omni signed by Jason Aaron as well. So I stopped by the uh, Jason Aaron's table and got my um, uh, Thor omnibus signed. And he's a super man. He's the nicest guy. Like he's super friendly. Um and so he signed that for me. And then uh, I also brought uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number one, um, that has a sort of uh, textured uh, cover. I think it was the B cover. I don't remember. Or variant. Um, so he signed that for me as well. And so we were just kind of chatting a little bit about about that and, you know, kind of the end of Avengers and, and everything. So that was a that was also kind of a fun thing that happened on Saturday. Uh, and I I also stopped by. Um, Ron Lim's the same day and Lance gave me the idea of the book to bring because I was like oh like Ron Lim's going to be there I love Silver Surfer I have every Silver Surfer book you know I knew I was going to bring the recent like I had a variant cover for one of the recent rebirth issues um, when Mars and Lim came back to do like the more modern run Uh, and so I was going to bring one of those and then Lance was like oh yeah I'm going to bring this one and I was like I'll bring that one. Like I have that one. So I just went into my box and pulled it out. I was like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that one too. Cause that's, that's a, that's a fun one. So. The, the funny thing about that was that when I brought my issue, Jeremy had just been at the booth. So Ron was like, man, I'm getting so many of these today. <laughs> and then I asked, I was like, Oh, was the person that brought it by? Like, did he have like glasses and a big old beard? And he was like, yes. And then Jeremy walked back because he had to go get cash from a cash register. And so we were all there just talking together after that. And that was yeah, the uh, yeah. Superman Silver Surfer issue? Yes. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great run for sure. But yeah. Or a great issue. But yeah, that was, that was Saturday. Does anybody else have anything else from that day? 
I mean, like, I spent most of it uh, hanging out with people. I met up with my friend Eric and his son Ben, and we walked the floor a long time. And like Chris was saying, like, when you're there with a kid, getting to watch the con through a kid's eyes is like a new way of watching the con. And yeah. so that was really fantastic. And, um, you know, Ben is really into like D and D. So we were hunting for dice and all kinds of stuff. And you, you suddenly <laughs> you have like a new mission and it, like, that's, that's an exciting way to experience the con. Yeah. It becomes very specific. Like I'm, I'm looking for a, a you know, a version of sound wave yeah. that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's this kind of character and this kind of toy or this kind of comic or poster or whatever. And it's like, this is what I'm looking for. And I'm like asking very specific questions. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different when you're with a kid. And also they want to buy everything like immediately in the morning. <laughs> like they, They're just, I can't explain to my five-year-old like, wait, just wait, see everything. We'll circle back around. I'll remember where the booth is. She's like, but I yeah. want this now. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you're going to see something else. Trust me. That you, you want even more. And the next, you know, like two booths down, you're going to see it. And you're going to be like, oh, my money's gone now. Yeah. Um, you know, that happens to adults. That's why adults bring more money to cons because it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I also ran into uh, KG Ming from Twitter and Alex Chung from Twitter. And we walked the floor for a bit. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just like when you go to a con, suddenly you have con friends in states you you just never thought you would have friends in it's, it's such a cool experience. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun getting to know kind of that, that sphere of people and just being able to meet up again and, and just have that shared experience. It's an absolute blast. That was Saturday. And then Sunday, um, last day of the show, uh, I made it a point to go straight to the Funko general line on Sunday. Um, and maybe it was the indoctrination of the pop talk live panel. I don't know. <laughs> um, Definitely. But, uh, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, you know what? I do need some of those three inch tall plastic toys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, and so I, I, I scurried my way over to the, to the general line, um, which gets capped very quickly, but I made it into the line and I've never done this before. So I'm standing in that line for about 15 minutes, 30 minutes. And I ask the people in front of me, I'm like, hey, when do they usually let people in? Like, when does the general line start moving? I was ready to wait. Like, I was ready to wait a couple of hours, you know. And they're like, oh, they let us in yesterday around 2.30. They started moving the general line. So it's like. That's when I was like, am I going to wait in this line for five hours on my last day at the con for a three inch tall toy and listener? No, I was not. I wasn't ready to do that. Um, however, there was somebody in front of me um, or no, they were behind me. And so I was like, hey, like, do you want to do shifts like you know, I like I go walk the floor for a bit. You hold the spot and then I'll come and hold your spot and you can walk the floor. Right. Like we both get a bit of freedom, but we both can hold our spot. Yeah, the Comic-Con cool. way. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, you know, let's let's let's, you know, let's work together. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like he looked at me like dead in the eyes and he was like, dude, I'm just going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, you know what? I can respect that. 
thank you. I'm going to go walk around. <laughs> so, you know, um, so then I went back out to the floor. Um, I think I, I did a little bit more digging, looking around for strange tales. Um, Brad, I, I remember you had mentioned you don't like going to Artist Alley. Right. Because what, as soon as like you look at an artist in the eyes, you're like, I have to buy Correct. everything that they have. Yeah. Right. I'm that way um, with publishers. I, yes. <laughs> I, I realized this about myself more so during WonderCon than any other time this last year. So I went through the small press area and I swear to God, I must have had the biggest target on my chest <laughs> that said I was a mark because I, I kid you not. I was stopped by three people and I bought from three people. Yep. <laughs> like, I, like immediately I'm like, they pulled me in, they gave me their pitch. I'm like, this is a perfectly lovely human being and I want to support the project and I cannot say no, here's money. Right. So that happened to me three times. Um, and so at that point you're I just so, started like putting so my, easy, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm a Mark, man. I'm just an easy Mark. I actually am a bit, stronger in the artist alley section strangely enough and so during that downtime i went to artist alley to get another commission done um to add to uh, a, a commission project that i decided to embark upon that very weekend because after i got the zero sketch from dwj i was like no <laughs> this has to get bigger like i need more so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have X and zero and Sigma and vile. And I'm going to have all eight of the robot masters for Mega Man X. I'm going to have commissions for all of them. The robot masters are in color. The four main characters in the middle are going to be in black and white, and it's going to eventually be put into a big, beautiful display piece. So I concocted that in my deranged brain over the weekend. And so I went and I found somebody to do a flame mammoth commission for me um, while I was there. Uh, so I put that order in, did some shopping, and then I went back to the Funko line where I continued to reside for another two hours um, <laughs> until they let the general line in, got a big old bag of Funkos, picked up some exclusives, et cetera, picked up my commission. And then so that was my that was my Sunday in a nutshell, all the way up to us driving away. Um what were y'all doing while I was waiting for three inch tall plastic toys and getting commissions and getting um, uh, <laughs> taken as an easy mark in the small press area? Lance and I were doing the floor for a good portion of it. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, just buying random comics. We should have got the tra I should have got the Transformers poster, y'all. Oh, yeah, man. I kept telling you to do that. It, there was a vintage. I, I couldn't find it afterwards. Vintage I Transformers find it. movie poster. There was also a GoBots one. I kept trying to get Brad to buy. Uh, not just a GoBots one. The GoBots and the uh, Rock Lords poster, like the TV special when the two of them collided. Yeah, you should have bought it. Forty-five bucks. Worth it. Uh, that Transformers poster was sixty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, you should. I've should spent, I've spent well, well over that on a meal I did not enjoy. Mm. <laughs> so why, why, why did I not? <laughs> I know I should have. I couldn't find it afterwards. Though. I seriously was looking for it. You know, you get to but... Sunday and you've been buying stuff, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I've. I, you start feeling guilty for all the buying you've been doing. No, I don't know what that's oh, like. <laughs> I my regret doesn't settle in until like after the con's over. <laughs> um, 
Like when I go to pay off the credit card bill, that's when You're like, oh, that's no. when I'm like, oh, did I really need all of that? <laughs> I did find uh, when I, I like some things about these cons, like where you get to find people that um, all the crafters and, and people that are selling their own stuff. And I, like Lance, you know, with Artist Alley, I try to support those folks as much as possible because a lot of times it's it's like this is the only place you'll ever find them it's like they've printed something or they've created something that's really unique so like i i got these i found this booth that they made all these little steampunk goggles and that's all they had and and they're interchangeable like exteriors and and the lenses themselves you can change and um so i got a pair and and my son got a pair and and they're pretty dope because i was like oh yeah i've always wanted a pair of steampunk goggles just to you know wear and then i also found somebody that that made all the like elf and hobbit ears you know like the pointy like ears you can do and and so they had some of those and i was like oh yeah get some of those for 10 bucks sold nice uh while we were walking the floor while brad and i were walking the floor finding issues i actually found the deadpool zero issue that's basically his origin and then I also found Deathstroke the Terminator number one, which I had been looking for forever. So it was, of course, I find a Deadpool issue and a Deathstroke issue at the same time that I have been looking for for years. Uh, another issue that I, again, had been trying to find for forever was the final issue of volume two of What If. It was like the final issue of What If before they did that revamp fairly recently. So it's one issue 114 and it's where the heroes get stuck on battle world during secret wars and they have kids with each other. And then it's a story about their kids. That's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. And uh super happy to have it in my collection. And then the only other thing I did that day really was uh, got in line to get my Thor omnibus signed by Jason Aaron. And then Brad and I actually went to Jason Aaron's panel. Yeah. It was a great panel. It was so good. He, uh, he had everyone laughing in that room quite a bit. He's hilarious. Yeah, and, you know, he was also in this state of reflection because his contract with Marvel was up. And I think he officially announced it in that panel. I don't think that was out on the street. There was the there was rumors of it, but he made it clear that he was no longer exclusive. And, you know, we, we, people were asking him questions about Avengers and obviously Thor. But he was also, like, taunting the crowd to, like, Tell me what characters you want me to write. Now that I'm no longer chained to Marvel, what other characters do you think I would be good at writing? And it took a little while for people to throw out their suggestions. But once they started doing that, that was really fun. And he announced that he has two books that are going to be coming from Image. One from Boom that we already know about, which is um... Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, very good. Such a good book. And then he's also has one Marvel book that's going to be coming out. And then he's talking to two other companies about other projects. One of them has got to yeah. be DC. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a DC book in there. I want, I've been to WonderCon a few times, um, you know, b- before this. And I think this was the first time at WonderCon for... Everybody, but Chris, you've been to WonderCon before. Yes, right? I, I have been. Yes. And one thing I will say just about the con itself, um, well, two things is if you've never been, you should go, especially if you go to San Diego or anything kind of on the West Coast, because it's it's more manageable and 
a little bit more breathing room, a lot yes. more breathing room than San Diego Comic Con. So it's it's the same thing. It's the same company that puts it on, but it's just like, oh, I can walk around and I can sit down at places and, and the lines are somewhat reasonable. M- most of them, unless you're standing in line for three inch tall plastic figures. But, you know, I mean, you can go into panels and you don't <laughs> have to wait. And, you know, and also they have this great little like you can go outside and there's this great fountain where all the cosplay photos happen. And that's really fun and accessible. And then in front of that, uh, there's the hotels are right there. So you, you can just walk right there. And then there's a bunch of food trucks that are in front every day, which is really fun just for, you know, you don't have to walk into the expensive gas lamp area, you know, like in San Diego. And it's just there's expensive food trucks right there. So I don't know. I think it's very just like everything's right there in one area. And um, I, I find just the the layout of the floor really nice because it's in this kind of like grid pattern instead of this like one long thing. So you you have more opportunity to get from point A to point B and uh, a lot faster than at Comic-Con where it's like this long hallway, you know? Um, so I, I think it's definitely worth the trip if you've never been to, to WonderCon. Yeah, it was my first WonderCon, and it's my favorite Comic Con that I've ever been to. And Brad, what what are your you know final like takeaway thoughts on WonderCon? I know it was your first time at the con as well. What were your what were your super takeaways? bold for Lance to say it's his favorite con of all time? Uh, yep, I, I loved WonderCon. I had a great time at it. It is like a more chillaxed version of San Diego, and I think that you really benefit as a comic book fan to get to get some real interaction with your faves. I think everything you need to know about WonderCon is in our first Daniel Warren Johnson story, which I don't think we mentioned. We got up late. We had a nice breakfast beforehand, and then we moseyed on into line. So we didn't get up early to get into line to get that commission. Right. We were, we yeah. just got into line when we were ready to get in the line, and then we got it. So the fact that we could do that marks WonderCon is something very different than New York Comic Con or San Diego. Yeah, that's that's a much different experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, all, like like Chris was saying, the 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 murderer's row of food trucks, that is a gift. <laughs> you had that burrito. <laughs> you had that breakfast burrito. The breakfast burrito, one of the best burritos I've ever had. I they, say they're this really good. I mean, this is LA food trucks. This yeah. is like where food trucks are are you know get their not just their start but like you know there's some fairly famous ones and yeah they're really good i had multiple burritos out of multiple trucks i had a pizza out of a truck i had ice cream out of a truck it was great and then you know those hotels being there right on the doorstep of the con (laughs) like is one of the reasons why my backpack was so damn heavy is that i could load up my backpack in the con then walk 15 minutes to the hotel room, drop stuff off, and then go reload my backpack up again yeah, at the con. That's the best. <laughs> it's it's deadly, but it is the best. It is. If I had to carry that freaking Thor oh. Omni yeah. from Jason Aaron <laughs> You're not buying any day. omnibuses at San Diego Comic-Con. You can't afford to do that. No, your back can't afford to do it. Drag that thing over that bridge? Hell no. Um, but I, I, I still think that I prefer San Diego only because San Diego is this behemoth. And over the course of a decade, 
I have learned to love the San Diego lines. And my favorite thing about going to San Diego is waiting in the lines and meeting new people. And, and I did, you know, maybe I'm a masochist, but I kind of missed the lines. Jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. He went, he wants to go to line con 2023. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> well, you know, again, I I've been a, a number of times and I, I, I echo sort of a little bit of what, what you've all said. I think, um, it's a fantastic opportunity to connect with creators. I think you get more opportunity at WonderCon to, you know, focus on the comic books, uh, focus on the stories, because you don't have that massive pop culture influence of Marvel and and all the other big things that are happening in Hall H. Um, and so it gives, you know, not only visitors that breathing room, but it also gives the guests and the pop culture presence some of that breathing room as well. Um, I also, strangely enough, heard from quite a few of the vendors that this was an amazing year for them. Mm. Like, like almost every single comic booth that I stopped by, I like happened to overhear. They're like, hey, John, like, how's it going? How's this beer been? And they would just be like, it's been amazing. Like, this has been my strongest year. Like, you know, so I mean, maybe it's still people coming out of the post-COVID lockdown I, or something. Yeah, I, think I don't that's know. That's definitely like, what it is. It's it's people like, you know, last year was like they were open, but it was kind of like, eh, you know, like everybody's playing it safe and they weren't open the last the years before that because of COVID. So this is the first year everybody was like, hey, we're it's on. Yeah. Like everybody's coming out, buying stuff like. The economy yeah, is strong. I, I don't know, but they there was definitely, you know, usually vendors are cranky. <laughs> you know, usually they're 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 like, I hate this con because they're not making any money. I ship you know, but they back on Sunday. But... Yeah, uh, no, but they there there was some good energy happening. But Brad, to your point, um, you know, and granted, we've never had the opportunity to be in Hall H for Marvel Saturday. Um, like some people we know, um, but we have been in Hall H for other fun things, which is great. But yeah, I mean, San Diego Comic-Con, you know, is the bar setter, right? Is the behemoth um, and it has earned its notoriety, you know, it, 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 in its own way. Um, so there are definitely elements of it that I'm looking forward to in these next few months. Um but overall, I really dig the vibe at WonderCon. Obviously, having the hotels right nearby, having that line of uh, food trucks, et cetera, it's all all good stuff. And uh, I cannot wait for WonderCon 2024. I, I want to know, when when is it a, a goal for us to have a comic book keepers, uh, comic book couples counseling uh, panel at a future WonderCon? Uh, I mean, pff, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Next year panel, let's go. We're ready. Um, we'll all, we'll all. I mean, Brad already has his placard, so right. check, I, check. And I can bring mine. <laughs> <laughs> you could just you could just roll up and just be like, it's like your it's like your backstage pass yeah. to get into it, right? <laughs> um, but no, I think it'd be it'd be great to to shoot for that. But yeah, love WonderCon. Had a great great time over the weekend. Obviously joined by some amazing company, uh, and can't wait for. Uh, well, San Diego Comic-Con first, obviously, but WonderCon 2024, I think will be awesome. Nice. So, thank you all for for joining me and, and hanging out. It was so well, fun. Well, thank, yeah, was thank you, Jeremy and Brad, for joining us. Um, yes. It's always nice. And Brad, we'll have you on again to talk about some character. Yes, please. Uh, we already know what character. Oh, we can't uh, say, though. Well, we could. Is it uh, coming up? Uh, yes, very it's soon. It's a secret. Is a keep, secret, but keep it's it secret. Soon. Keep it safe. 
Okay. Secret yeah. kept. Secret. Uh, but but especially thank both of you, Jeremy and Brad, for coming on. And also as well as all of our patrons that have signed up. We were very lucky when we launched our Patreon that we have so many incredible people to help support us. So obviously Brad and Lisa from Comic Book Couples Counseling joined. Jeremy joined. Our friend Weston from Arcane Anthems, who does our themes, theme song joined. We also have Justice That Nerd, Riley Bernier, uh, Greg Lichtag from uh, First Issue Club, which is an amazing podcast. Go check that one out. We have Mike Thompson from Tencent Takes Podcast, another fantastic podcast. If it, if it's not obvious enough, we love Brad and Lisa from Comic Book Couples Counseling. Go listen to their show. It is absolutely one of the best comic book podcasts out there, period. Yes. Yes. Uh, we also have Nick uh, Poffenbarger, who is the host of None of My Friends Like Comics podcast, another fantastic show. Chris Hacker from the Oblivion Bar podcast, another banger of a podcast out there, comic who, books. Who gets a special recognition because he signed up twice. Yeah, he signed up twice. <laughs> you animal. Yeah, and then also one of the people that joined up near immediately as soon as it launched is Guido from... Uh, Dear Watchers podcast, yes. another phenomenal show. We've been on each other's podcasts and everyone go check out all of the shows that we just mentioned. They're incredible people, super nice, and uh, just put like positive vibes out there. And, and just to be clear, you don't have to host a podcast to be a patron. A patron. <laughs> um, it's It just happens that a lot of our friends are. <laughs> But anyone can support. And there's bonus content. There's bonus episodes. There's uh, you get a sticker um, that I drew of Lance and I and in, in various silly uh, comic characters. And um, and there's going to be a lot of extra bonus content um, in weeks and months to come. So definitely thank you for everybody that has supported. And uh, thanks again to Brad and Jeremy for joining us today. Brad. Since this is your first time coming on the show, can you let our listeners know a little bit about Comic Book Couples Counseling? Oh, yeah. Well, first off, my pleasure to be here. Love being here. It's very spacious in here. It smells nice. I like this podcast. <laughs> uh, Comic Book Couples Counseling. You can find us at comicbookcouplescounseling.com. It is a podcast that I do with my lo lovely wife, Lisa. Uh, we take a comic book couple and we pair them with a self-help guide and then we counsel them through their relationships. Uh, we started the podcast with Scott Summers and Jean Grey and the Five Love Languages. And we are now working our way through Invincible Counseling, Mark and Eve, using Permission to Feel. Mm. Uh, we're one, one episode into a four-episode arc with invincible and yes we had robert kirkman on the podcast to help us program that series and he said that we should cover their relationship towards the end of that relationship so our invincible series starts with the modern family trade paperback our next episode is going to cover the reboot storyline which is wild so good it's so good and then we're going to do a episode on full house and then we're going to close out that series on the end of all things, parts one and two. Nice. So, so we will have a link to Compa Couples Counseling in the show notes. So you can click that, go download their episodes. You will have a great time. Click that link. Click it. <laughs> it's time to close the book on WonderCon 2023. So until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. And Jeremy. And Brad. 
reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. 